everybody is entitled to their 15 minutes of fame. Now you'll get to hear some of those people share their wisdom and insight on the fame game on Voice America Kids. Now, here's your host, Maddie Rose. Welcome, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm your host, Maddie Rose. And today, we're going to be introducing a very special guest. His name is Adam Steele. So, he's back on the Fame Game, and we're going to go ahead and do an interview with him. So, that's super exciting. But how are you doing today, Adam? I'm doing well. Just hanging out here in uh, Hermosa Beach in California. How are you doing? Doing really great. It's super hot out here in Arizona. We reached over 100 degrees, so it's a little toasty, but we're doing okay. Another day in paradise. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but thank you so much, Adam, for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Adam, start off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So, um, I grew up in Orange County, California. Um, pretty much went there through high school, went to college in San Diego State, and then um, was looking for, trying to figure out what I wanted to do throughout college. I was always kind of into entrepreneurship, but I really um, got really involved in wanting to support uh, the younger generation, especially youth. So this kind of occurred when I went on a volunteer trip to Ecuador and worked there with some kids in an orphanage, and then came back to school and then started mentoring autistic uh, kids and teens. And then from there, I wanted to go into teaching. Um, but directly after college, me and my friends started a film company mm-hmm. um, with the aims of trying to raise awareness for issues all over the world, um, using video as a platform to tell inspiring and important stories. Um, so I did that for five years. Um, to my friends, and then about two years ago, I split off and um, started my own agency, which is uh, pretty much working with different philanthropic organizations, as well as uh, mentoring youth and creating documentary films to support those efforts, raise awareness for those issues at work uh, with the people I work with. That's wonderful. And so this is called the Grow Awareness Agency. And so your role is basically, you know, the founder, the operator, as well as um, I know we had talked about before that you're also like the sole advisor of being like a mentor to the youth. Yeah, absolutely. So along with, you know, um, you know, running the film production company and doing things on the media side, I, you know, my big passion is working on the ground with um, youth from all backgrounds, but um, kind of my niche has been working in the underserved communities um, and with at-risk youth and underserved youth. Um, so by doing that, you know, for about eight years, uh, I started in Orange County uh, volunteering with some homeless youth and, then, you know, really got involved with it because I saw how much these kids needed consistent support. So I did my best to engage them and support them through their growth and just continue to do it. And through that, along with mentoring individually, I've created some cool um, incentive-based programs for these kids involving art and music to kind of inspire them to stay in school and change their behavior and attitude and just get them on the right path. So that's a big, um, big part of my life and big part of my organization as well. Absolutely. And why do you feel overall that it's just important to assist at-risk youth or youth in general? I mean, I've heard a lot about, you know, giving kids these outlets, um, you know, aside from maybe school, uh, just something as like an extracurricular activity, perhaps. And it just really helps them blossom and grow developmentally. Yeah, I mean, it's um, 
the reality is, even though, you know, America spends a lot on education, a lot of these communities, you know, it's, the classrooms are kind of third world. So when you come into a space that you don't see investment in, it's almost, there's a psychological effect that's saying, well, they're not really investing in the education, um, you know. So, you know, what's, why should I invest? So, and then mm. that plus all the social factors of poverty, abuse, gang violence, um, crime, and things like that. So, I mean, for instance, I, for the past four months, I've been working with, in Watts as an after-school program. The kids, are, they only have one set of books. They can't even take their books home. So it's not in their budget. So, mm-hmm. And then what do the teachers tell them to do? They say, okay, just go online and, you know, find the answers. So, you know, we've got to create an environment where kids are excited to learn. We have to make it um, adaptable and relatable to them. And through that, and that's why I like doing the music and art stuff, is you tap into their passion and then you show them um, the reasons why they need to get educated. And if you can inspire them and kind of dangle a carrot of why, I mean, it's kind of like in sales, right? If you're mm-hmm. on commission, you're going to work harder. You want to do that stuff. So this is kind of like a commission-based, incentive-based program um, to find out what they love and, you know, use that to support them through academics. Absolutely. And I think that's just the great thing about it. Like you said, you know, it just offers them another pathway and um, really tacks into their passions. And speaking of passions, um, you talked about the arts and, you know, the music and those types of programs that you were able to facilitate and help out with. Can you give us a few examples of that? Yeah. So a couple of years ago, um, as I mentioned, I worked um, as a mentor with Foster and homeless youth, but also I collaborated with some some major national organizations and local organizations. So um, I put together a program called the Cut, and it was basically a six month program where I partnered with a local nonprofit that brings teens and music together based on academic improvement. Um, and then I partnered with uh, Casa Orange County, which is the court appointed special advocates, which are the mentors for all the foster children. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I partnered also with another organization who works with at-risk youth. So I basically combined them all together, and we did kind of an American Idol for foster kids where we sent out a letter to these organizations saying, you know, if you have um, any youth who have a passion for music and could use an extra incentive to get on the right path, we'd love to have them come be part of our program. So we held auditions and interviewed them about, you know, their personal lives and how music supports their life and why they're passionate about it and what they're willing to do to change their life. Mm-hmm. And through that, we, you know, had an amazing six-month program um, where, you know, these kids came from backgrounds of, you know, one girl was in over 20 foster homes, one kid wow. was on the streets for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the girls was severely abused growing up as a child. Um, so just really traumatic events. And I think music, I think everyone can agree, is the kind of one universal language. And it gives voice, whether it's writing or singing, I think it gives voice to that, you know, whether it's internal pain or happiness that these kids can kind of latch on to. Um, so, yeah, we had an amazing six-month program. Three out of the five kids made it. Um, the reality in working with kids like this is, um, you know, you you do it with hopes that they're all going to turn out great and get on the right path, but, you know, the reality is it's, they have a lot to overcome. And sometimes, you know, more often than not, you know, they don't stay on the right path. So three out of the five kids uh, made it through. And, you know, I think their lives have definitely changed. Two of them are in college right now. One is working 
at the Apple Store in San Francisco and is pursuing a, a degree in music. Um, and the other both have full-time jobs. So, you know, I, it was definitely their efforts to change their lives, but I think we created an environment of positive role models and adults and, and young professionals to um, support them through whatever they're going through and then show them that people care, and if they work hard, they can achieve their goals. Absolutely, and I just think it's so great, everything that you're doing, and I, I just think those programs are amazing. Like you said, it's really great to see them you know, move on into their future careers, their future lives, be very successful because they chose that right pathway. And as far as like you know, seeing them, again, like you said, just kind of obtain this professionalism as well as you know, grow up, successfully what is it like to see them like that i mean from where they came from before to where they are now it's just such a great change and they're definitely on the path to success yeah i think it's like most things like if you're working every day with them i think um and it's the same for them right like even small improvements in their lives because they've kind of been living in these negative patterns for so long Mm -hmm. they don't even recognize um their changes so, which is kind of cool, like when I, so I filmed the whole, the whole process and then I showed them like the, the first interviews on the first day and then six months later and, you know, they just couldn't believe, you know, where they're at and, and how far they've come. But it's, uh, yeah, I think in working with them consistently, I think for a lot of the people on the ground, we don't often take time to step back and really, um, look at what we've done. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, you know, we see it, it's like, okay, there's more work to be done, keep going. I mean, I think that's a really important thing, too, to, you know, pat ourselves on the back and, you know, be proud of ourselves for doing this kind of work. But I think most of the people in this work are really humble and just, you know, don't have the... It's just a different, I guess, way of viewing it, you know. It's it's, uh, the life's work as opposed to, you know, I volunteered today, I feel good about myself. I don't know. It's just just the normal work. It's true, though. It's true. I totally get it, for sure. Well, Adam, we are going to have to take a quick little break, so let's go ahead and do that right now. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Fame Game. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book.
Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm Maddie Rose, back with Adam Steele of Grow Awareness Agency. So, Adam, we were talking a lot about, you know, the inspiration behind the organization, some of the programs that the Grow Awareness Agency has been able to implement, as well as why we just feel that assisting at-risk youth or youth in general is so important. So I love the discussion that we're having so far. And, you know, getting a little bit more into your agency, um, is the Grow Awareness Agency mainly youth-based, or who exactly can get involved? Yeah, no, so, I mean... So we work with all organizations. Pretty much the goal is to work with anyone making a positive change in the world, you know, whether it's in America or another country, um, on any issue, you know, from the environment to war to health uh, to education. So the goal is to support any groups or individuals through, one, raising awareness through um, great storytelling and documentary film. And then, you know, supporting them on the ground and trying to build a kind of grassroots campaign to support those efforts along with the film that's made. So, and along with philanthropic organizations, you know, like I said before, I kind of, I like the entrepreneur space and there's a lot of amazing social businesses popping up that are um, creating products and services that are supporting the economy and employing people, but also giving back to the community. And I think that's, you know, in the 21st century, I think it's what's cool is customers and, and people want to buy stuff where they know where it comes from and supporting a big cause. So that's another um, area of interest of, you know, working with local businesses and people who are directly involved in the community and supporting their efforts as well. Yes, and I love that about the Grow Awareness Agency. Like you said, it's just partnering up with different uh, philanthropic agencies and organizations, and it just definitely makes it unique. I don't think I've ever heard of an organization that does that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been working, I'm by no means an expert in the nonprofit world, but I've been kind of entrenched in it, working from huge organizations to small organizations to individuals. Mm-hmm. To, and, you know, it's... Uh, it's an interesting space, you know. The, the re- unfortunately, you know, there's so many people doing great things. I think in California, there's well over a hundred thousand nonprofits. Oh wow! Um, and but a lot of people kind of it gets a little. I don't know. Personalized. <laughs> we have we are all trying to do good work, right? Yes, so very much. So we all collaborated and tried to do things together. I think 
because the resources are there. That's the reality. The resources are mm-hmm. there and the people are there. So if we all have a common goal and we work together more holistically, we'd be way more effective. Um, and that's, that's what I try to do. I mean, there, you know, it's all about collaboration, not competition. So, I mean, that's what I try to live by and work by. And it, you know, it works, you know, eventually you're going to, the people who are meant to work with you and, um, kind of go with you on the mission who, you know, have integrity and believe in the same things will stick around. Mm-hmm. And the people that kind of aren't, you know, will won't. So things will just work out that way. <laughs> For sure. And and it's great what you're saying, too. And that totally makes sense as far as I'm, I'm sure other organizations can resonate with that as well. But seriously, if everybody just came together, they all wanted to make a difference. Again, like you said, that common goal, then you would get to that goal and achieve that goal a lot faster than, you know, one person trying to do good. Yeah, and a big problem, too. I mean, in the nonprofit world, you know, obviously For sure. with, uh, when the economy's down, it. And you have to raise a certain amount of money, right? So mm-hmm. it becomes, fortunately, okay, now we have to, it's only, it has to turn into like a sales job almost, right? We, yes. This is what we raised last year, this is what we have to raise this year. And then it gets difficult because then you become, you're just raising money all the time instead of doing the work. Um, and you need those people, but it's, you know, like I said, I think if we figured out a way, so, so it's more community-based as opposed to like searching for individual dollars, Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it'd be we just all be more effective in in that field. So, yes, and I've heard that you've collaborated with twenty five non for profits since two thousand nine. That's quite a few. So, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, so when we first started our company, we you know, like anything, we had to work partner and work with people and um, did a lot of work for free. You know, for mm-hmm. local organizations we supported. Um, <clears throat> But, yeah, so, I mean, through, and this just, you know, is, is harping on the, the collaborating. So, you know, whether it was directly creating a, a documentary film with an organization or um, connecting other organizations with people we've worked with and making referrals. Um, and a lot of the times on documentary and philanthropic projects, there'd be one main organization, and then they'd also be working with a whole bunch of other organizations, Um so we'd end up working with them, and, and in the end, it's pretty much created a space where I've worked with so many different organizations on so many different issues. Anyone who's kind of interested in any issue, I can point them in the right direction. I, oh, these people are doing great work on, you know, animal rights, So these people are doing great work on education. And so it's almost like, and that's what I'd like to be, is eventually mm-hmm. like a hub where people who really want to get dialed in and in an easy, fun way to a cause they believe in, as opposed mm-hmm. to going through so much red tape, they're like, this is what I want to do, this is what I can commit, and this is what I'm passionate about, how can I get involved? So if we can create that, you know, because everyone wants to, I think, give back mm-hmm. um, and to donate a couple hours a week or a month, um, but if we make that streamlined, you know, we get way more people involved, right? Absolutely. And, you know, going a little bit more into, you know, some of your collaborative partnerships, um, I heard also that you partnered with Will I Am's non-for-profit, I Am Angel Foundation, and they do support educational initiatives in Boyle Heights, Los Angeles. So how did that come about? I mean, that's so exciting to, you know, partner up with a big name, but then also, you know, get the Grow Awareness Agency out there more so. Yeah, so, I mean, this is actually, you know, right off what I just said. So I um, made a documentary film with a nonprofit called A New, and they basically 
take all furniture that was going to go to the landfill from mm. huge corporate offices. Oh, wow, yeah. They, they refurbish it, store it, and then give it all away to free to charity. So mm. they're giving beautiful furniture and carpet away for free and helping them make their office look great, and they're keeping millions of pounds of furniture and waste out of the landfill. Mm-hmm. Um, through that, they partnered with Will I Am's nonprofit. They said, we want to, you know, um, refurbish a classroom and paint it and bring new furniture. Through that, uh, I started filming and met one of the teachers there. So a gentleman named Enrique Lagasvi, who's born and raised in Boyle Heights. <clears throat> Will I Am grew up in East L.A. in Boyle Heights. Um, and he was a teacher there. And I really hit it off with him. I mean, the guy, he was super into He's just Twitter in the classroom. <laughs> That's um, awesome. <laughs> I mean, he's like on the 21st century level. That's so cool. We all would have wanted. Yeah, so he would create like an academic artist program. Yeah. Or he'd have hip-hop class in class. You know, and using, like I said, making it fun, making it relatable, using our technology because it's there. So if we know how to use it, you know, it's really, you can be creative with it and learn. So, I mean, he was just super cool. So I really hit it off with him. You know, our styles and our passion for supporting youth were there. And then I just started filming and working with him over the past, you know, for a year or two. And then started becoming close with the kids there. Um, It was the first class, Will I Am. So Will I Am came back and invested a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, Briefly, his whole goal is to um, support kids in the endeavor of STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Oh, so wow. he went out and invested all this money to get these kids from East L.A. Most of them um, come from immigrant families. Most of them are going to be the first kids to go to college. And he's sending some of these kids to MIT and wow. sending them to China to learn how to code. And um, He's basically, you know, using his celebrity and his power and his influence to change his community. Mm-hmm. So that was that's pretty awesome. So I became really close with some of these students. Yeah. Um, and eventually I was just talking to Enrique, the teacher, saying, you know, I'd love to create a program or a class for these kids because they have an after-school program. So I created a documentary analysis class with them, which was awesome. Wow. So that's we would awesome. watch a short short five-minute film on an issue from ranging from a variety of issues, um, and then we discuss it and how it relates to their community. So in five minutes, they they learn about a new issue, they're engaged through the film, and then we find the commonalities and what's taking place in their community and how do we change that in their community. So, and, and they loved it. And we also, you know, would read books and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff, but using today's technology and entertainment and media to engage them and then have them think and um, think outside the box, outside their community. Yes, I love everything about that. Like you said, it's utilizing your resources and putting it towards a good cause. And it's so great that you were able to develop that program as well as, you know, make some collaborative partnerships. And, you know, it's good all around. So with that being Mm -hmm. said, we do have to take another quick little break. So keep it right here. You're listening to The Thing Game. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? 
Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Your hosts, all eight of them, have been selected by Kids First as film critics through a national competition. Each week, they will preview new movies before you see them, walk the red carpet with the stars, and will review the latest DVDs. Our hosts range from ages 7 to 14 to give you a wider kid's perspective. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Join us every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. Dinosaur Detectives with Little Miss Dinosaur, Anna Dubois. We'll not only learn about dinosaurs, but also about fossils, ancient civilizations, and ask questions from paleontologists. You'll learn about science in general with an emphasis on paleontology and dinosaurs. Anna hopes that this show will start or increase your awareness and interest in the field of science. Dinosaur Detectives can be heard every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. At 14, you've become a teenager and are ready to move on to the next phase of your years. The squeals and screams are replaced by slightly less squeals and screams, and you're expected to act a little more grown up. Tune in to Life at 14 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you ready for what's next. Life at 14, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up World? It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune in to What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel.
Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon You're Pacific, 3 Voice p.m. America Eastern, Real on Kids, Voice America Real Talk Radio. You're tuned Express in to Maddie yourself. Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm Maddie Rose, back with Adam Steele. So we are talking a lot about, you know, the Girl Awareness Agency, some of their collaborative partnerships, and just delving a little bit more into, you know, their mission and goals. And with that being said, um, Adam, I really love the mission statement on the Girl Awareness Agency website. It says, Girl Awareness Agency was created to support groups and individuals making a positive difference in the world. We combine documentary filmmaking and grassroots activism to support your philanthropic mission. And... You were talking a lot about the programs and just how you've been able to do that. But overall, it just seems like you guys are definitely getting out there and getting the word out. Yeah, you know, we're trying. I mean, we're a small organization. You know, there are a lot of... I mean, I think what we do is is unique. I mean, because there's a lot of, you know, big-time amazing film companies, and there's a lot of great um, organizations, nonprofit organizations. So, you know, it's... Uh, takes time to grow any, anything, as you know, and especially in the philanthropic space. I mean, trying to create a business on giving back is a difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're we're finding ways to do it. And so whether it's, you know, creating films or creating programs, um, you know, I think it's just doing the work and it'll show up. I mean, I've, you know, I, since college I've been doing it, and I mean, there's nothing else I can do. There's no really other option, right? So, yeah, you know, if, if that's the case, I mean, there's always an option, but <laughs> yes. you know, this is what I'm going to be doing. So, um, just keep doing it. And that's the other thing, too. There are so many awesome organizations, and especially young people who are mm-hmm. super innovative, super creative, and really, you know, have a empathetic heart to want to change the world or change the community um, in a positive way. So that's, uh, that's an awesome thing to be around. Yes, for sure. And, you know, we talked a lot about in the last segment, too, just kind of going a little bit more into this. Um, collaboration is so important. And one of the latest projects that you were able to be a part of is Project 22. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, Project 22 is basically about um, two combat veterans who were friends and went on a cross-country motorcycle trip from San Francisco to New York City, Ground Zero, to raise awareness for the fact that 22 American veterans commit suicide every day. Mm -hmm. Um, 
for me personally, you know, I, I definitely follow, you know, the, the situation um, overseas and, and the wars and things like that. Um, and I actually, you know, heard about that stat, but, you know, I don't think it really hit home until I met um, Daniel Egbert and Matt Dot King, who are the two veterans in the film. Um, because unless you're in a military family or you've served, you're not really connected to it, mm-hmm. um, besides seeing what we see on TV and in the media and in movies. So with that said, you know, I sat down with these guys, and, um, you know, they're incredible. I hit it off with them right away. Um, so they shot the film um, about a year prior. I needed to, you know, put a story together and edit the film. And their goal was really simple. We want to make a film to highlight, you know, the problem, but also mainly highlight the solutions and how to help these veterans heal. Um, you know, they, we highlight a lot of the problems that, you know, a lot of these guys are trained in for months and years. And when they come back, they're looking for a new identity. And, and when that doesn't happen, it becomes difficult for them to transition back into civilian life and, you know, it's a sad fact that 22 a day, one every hour is committing suicide. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I mean, from because I'm, you know, I'm getting my master's in counseling. I'm really involved in the in the mental health field and um, in psychology. And I think, you know, people's mind and body and spirit need to need to be maintained to survive. So you know, this is just another element of of the things we need to do when we experience trauma. Um, so, you know, the, these guys decided to hire me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> which, was, which was awesome, you know, because I, I was, I mean, it was by far the most, you know, daunting project I've ever taken on. Mm-hmm. Um, it ended up being an hour and 45 minutes, the feature film. That's great. Um, yeah, and it's incredible. I mean, I learned a lot from just being with, with Dan and Doc, um, from their own stories, it's a really another thing when you're sitting next to the guys who are who lived it, you know. So that mm-hmm. really personalized it for me. Um, and, it, and in the end, and the p- film's not political at all. It's not for war, pro war. It's not um, for or against any political party or candidate. It's basically about here's the fact what's going on. These guys are coming home, and we need to figure out guys and men and women are coming home. We need to figure out more holistic solutions to mm-hmm. get them back on their feet. You know, that's our responsibility. If we sent them over, you know, we have to take care of them, you know, as much, you know, as, as they earned. Yes. So. And you took the words right out of my mouth. One thing that I, I learned over the Memorial Day um, ceremonies, there was a quote in particular that stuck out to me. And, and it was exactly what you're saying. If you send them, mend them. So basically giving them the solutions yeah. when they do come back, you know, to heal and get the help that they need, the assistance, whatever it may be. And uh, it's great, like I said, you know, that you were able to work with Project 22 and learn a lot about that. And it's just seriously a big issue nowadays that I feel like we're finding more and more in our own communities and uh, now that Project 22 is out there, hopefully it'll bring more awareness to that and get more people to step up and help. Yeah, the other reason I was really excited to partner with um, Project 22 is because not only do they have a film, but they also have a nonprofit. So, and that's kind of what my agency is all about, right? It's like, so the film's great. You know, anyone can really make a great film and pull some heartstrings, but what happens after? What's the call to action? How does the public get involved? So 
they have their nonprofit set up. They've already partnered and featured in the film. You know, we have um, professors, veteran professors from USC. There, you know, we have professors from Dallas, top brain researchers, um, hyperbaric oxygen doctors. I mean, all these amazing people are now part of the Project Twenty Two team, which is now a resource there. They're like, they want to be the catalyst, right? Someone mm-hmm. needs help, someone needs resources. Okay, hit up Medicinal Missions. They're nonprofit. They're going to plug you in. Um, so they've created this atmosphere. And right now it's screening all over the country, That's which is awesome. awesome. They just screened yeah. over 500 people in Maryland. Wow. Um, they just sold out one in New York. They're coming to Beverly Hills um, with over 100, over 100 tickets sold in the next week. So they're going all over the country. You know, they're telling their story. Um, and that's another thing too. I mean, they both, their stories are traumatic and very personal and they're, you know, it's tough to be the spokesperson for such an issue, you know? Mm-hmm. So it takes, um, a courageous and courageous person to step up to the plate and do that. And these guys are doing that. And, um, you know, they're walking the talk and that's what I love about the project so much. Yes. And I think it's just mind blowing also, you know, that, all of this was funded via Indiegogo campaign and then private donations. I mean, that's astounding because it does take quite a bit of funds to, you know, put this on. And it, like you said, it, you start from the bottom and then you kind of have to work your way back up. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, like chronologically what <laughs> happened, yeah, they raised some money. They had like enough money to get to their first stop. And they only had like one third of the interview set up. So... You know, the issue was so personal to them that they said, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. We have enough money to get through. Let's go to the first stop. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And that's what that was the other thing I was saying, too, like with my work. It's like if you do the work long enough and you mm-hmm. partner with the right people and, and find your niche, it'll show up. Whether it's a year or 10 years, it's going to show up at some time. So they continue, you know, all these amazing interviews set up. So they'd interview one vet and be like, oh, you got to go to you know, this state and talk to my buddy who builds motorcycles and that's how he found healing. Or my other buddy who lives in San Francisco and surfs, you got to talk to him and how he found healing. And my other buddy who's a fly fisherman, talk to him. And oh, wow. So like this, this chain reaction. <laughs> and then they'd be like, oh, you got to go talk to the doctor who, you know, saved me through this procedure and through this therapy. And so this chain reaction started happening when they just, they said we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then everything no doubt it was a crazy trip. I mean, yes. 27, 27 <laughs> days on the road, 6,500 miles is insane on, on motorcycles. Um, so, but yeah, so that all just turned up. I met with them and they're like, soon. and then things started to unfold. You know, we put together like a small rough cut and through one of Dan's connections, he showed it to some people and then that got sent to another person, a, a, a senior vice president at one of the biggest production companies in the world, post-production mm. companies in the world. Wow. They saw it. They said, we want to support it. So they did <laughs> all the color for free and came on. And then he's like, well, we need graphics. Let me send it to one of my colleagues who um, does feature Hollywood films, see if he's involved. They made Active Valor. I don't know if you remember that film. I think so. They're, so tied into the veteran mm-hmm. scenes, like, yeah, we'll do your graphics for free. I mean, so all this stuff, like, started showing up, and, I mean, the film wouldn't have gotten done unless these pe- these organizations, uh, these huge um, production companies, kind of came in and, and helped us do the whole process and helped us finish it. So, you know, it's, uh, that's just kind of, <laughs> that's a, a, 
as good of an example as I can get is is doing the work and things showing up. Yes, it was quite the journey and then just so amazing, so commendable. And with that being said, we do have to take another little break. So let's go ahead and do that. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Fame Game. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. We're back for the final segment with Adam Steele and Grow Awareness Agency. So, Adam, I really love your story about Project 22. I just think it's so amazing. And like you said, you know, people that have some type of family ties or, you know, a relationship with somebody as far as like the military goes, they can really resonate with that. But then just overall, it's the fact of the matter is that you did say the statistic um, estimating that 22 veterans take their lives every single day. And it's just mind boggling to people that haven't known that before. And now Project 22 is out there and it's raising awareness. It's giving veterans and military personnel help. And like you said, that's probably the best example that you could have given as far as, you know, a collaborative project coming together and working out in the end. And I mean, it's just so amazing because now it's up and going and, you know, it's just a really nice thing to have been a part of. So with that, what would you say has been the Grow Awareness Agency's biggest success? Would it be that or would it be something else? Um, Yeah, I mean, without question, I think Project 22 is the biggest um, film production I've ever been a part of. Um, And seeing something on that scale, I mean, because, I mean, I I met the guys and within, I don't know, four to five months, the whole thing was finished. So, Mm yeah, so I mean, in terms of that project, and I, mean, I think personally invested in one film project, that definitely was was it. Um, but I don't know. I think it's just you know the the consistent growth and creating partnerships, and um, for me myself, growing individually and learning more things, and um, just trying to figure out a way to you know continue doing this work. Um, so it's it's really hard to say, you know. I think I'm I think I I'm connected to a lot of different um, projects in different ways, um, but I think it's just the the biggest thing is for me at least is being around these organizations and these people who are on the ground doing the work, 
And, you know, for me to support them in those efforts, whether it's raising awareness or raising money for them or getting more volunteers, um, I think that's the most rewarding thing. You know, it's uh, hopefully I'm planting some seeds to, you know, create a better tomorrow for the next generation. And that's the real goal. And that's why I'm so passionate about working with the youth is, you know, um, all these kids are going to grow up together. They're all going to be part of the same society. So we need to create an atmosphere for all of them that, you know, they're inspired and want to get educated and want to find their passion and pursue their dreams and make the world a better place. So if we can instill some of that in them, um, I think we've done our job. For sure. And, I just think everything what you're saying, I 110% agree with. Um, Just like you were saying, kind of like in the first or second segment, these are the youth that are going to make a difference. And, you know, it's just kind of steering them in that pathway. And that's an amazing thing to think about. And um, I just guess, like you were saying it, this is your life's work. You just feel good about doing what you're doing. And at the end of the day, it's so worth it. Yeah, and that's, you know, if I have anything to say to any of the younger people out there in high school or college or even out of college, it's, you know, it's, we're not taught to pursue our passions. I I don't think as much as we're taught to, you know, get the diploma. Um, So if I could say anything is, is find out what you love to do and you're excited about doing and you're excited to wake up and do every day. Um, And don't be attached to a timeline because that's, I think, you know, everyone has dreams, right? But, Mm-hmm. If it doesn't happen the way they want it or in their time frame, they, uh, they kind of give up on them and then settle for something and end up not being happy. And that's not always the case, but mm-hmm. um, I think you got to give yourself an opportunity to succeed. And that comes with being open-minded and, and working with um, finding mentors. And that's why I'm big on mentorship is we all need a guide to support us through the transitions in life. And, um, you know, all these things are important. So that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, that's a great life lesson, though. I mean, it definitely does take time to achieve things. Like I was saying, you know, it's about the journey. It, like you said, you know, doesn't always turn out the way you plan at first, but eventually you'll get there with hard work and just persistence and, you know, keeping at it. And like you said, good mentors will also make the journey uh, possibly smoother or, you know, just more helpful in that sense to kind of know where you're going, where your life is leading to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, you know, mentors are oftentimes you have to seek them out. I know I did. Mm -hmm. Um, So, It'd be great, and that's one of my next things. Is I'm my my end vision is to create wraparound centers, right? So mm-hmm. 21st Century YMCA. So it's pretty much a fun, creative space where kids can learn, be inspired, get mentored, get counseling, all those things, and create a hub for you know the next generation. So I'm in the process of doing that in Long Beach right now, which is pretty cool. So hopefully that'll be happening in the next couple months, and then. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, well, congratulations on that. I mean, that's a big step in the right direction, and it would be great if we had some modern-day YMCAs with your mission because, like you said, it's planting that seed, and then hopefully, you know, all these other kids will be inspired to, you know, make a difference, and then one after another, then you have a whole group in states soon. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I used to be caught up in the idea that I need 
change the world on a massive scale. Yes. And that, one, it's not realistic, and two, <laughs> it's just crazy. Yes. So <laughs> it's all about, you know, doing those small actions, whether it's working with an individual or a cause. So, you know, when you do that, you don't let apathy take hold of you, and you mm-hmm. you realize that you can only do what you can do, and as long as you're doing something doing something. <laughs> yes, and and like you said, you know, it's that end goal. Even if it's something small, you're still making a difference and it does add up in the very end. So, it's worth yeah. it no matter what. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Yeah, and so Adam, is there anything else in the future that you'd like to achieve, um perhaps for the Grow Awareness Agency or just maybe some other program you'd like to take on? What are your thoughts? Hmm. I don't know. That's a tough one. I think it's just <laughs> It, I mean, like I said, so one of my big goals would to create, you know, this wraparound center. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually do it well enough and have a pilot program where I can replicate it all over the country in every major city. Um, that would be that would be great. Um, and also, you know, I love documentary film. I think, one, it's more popular than ever. And two, it's, you know, in an hour and a half, you can expose a whole new perspective and world to people. So, you know, that teamed up with, you know, the people on the ground doing the work. I'm really passionate about doing that as well. So, yeah, I mean, just continuing the collaboration, continuing supporting um, our young people and making documentary films and surfing and having fun and, you know, absolutely. For sure. And then, you know, getting uh, the Grow Awareness Agency out there to other states, too. I'm sure that we'll soon be seeing that, uh, you know, just all over the place. That way everybody can get involved. And we even talked about before as far as like, you know, future goals and things like that, possibly like making a mentorship app or something, you know, that people can just utilize all over the world. And that's just super awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just about, like I said, you know, um, making it easy, simple and fun. When you can do that, you'll get, you know, everyone would want to get involved. For sure. And so I guess the final thing to say is how can others find out more about the Grow Awareness Agency, Adam? So you can um, check me out on my website. It's growawareness.com. And, yeah, I mean, you can see all my work there. You know, I'm on all social media. My links are on um, all on my website. Feel free to follow me. And, you know, if there's any young people, I'm always looking to chat with other young people if they mm-hmm. have any questions or want advice. And um, I'm connected and know a lot of really cool people from nonprofits to young professionals and artists. So anyway, I can support other people. You know, I'm all in. And if there's an organization out there that needs support in what they're doing through film or, or on the ground, you know, I'm always looking to meet and collaborate with other people. For sure. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for coming on again to my show. Um, It's been a pleasure speaking with you, and we totally support Grow Awareness Agency, and we're definitely going to be looking out for it in the future. I know I will. Thanks a lot, Maddie. Absolutely. So with that being said, that's our show. Don't mind my stuffy voice and et cetera. I don't know why I have this little allergy thing happening in the summertime. It's a bit odd because I said it was over 100 degrees. But anywho, hope you enjoyed our interview. It was absolutely fantastic. I encourage you to check out Grow Awareness Agency, and I will see you all next week. Bye. Thank you.
you again for listening to The Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Be sure to join Maddie Rose again next week for another great show. My name is Lindsay Marie from Bookworm. Now from the Kids Their Album of the Month, here is the Wiz Pops and their song, Whale Shark. the Kidstar album of the month.